my son. How may the supercoach gods be of assistance? I traded in Rockcliffe again last week. It is important that we atone for our sins by apologizing to the supercoach gods. But that's not all. Well, just so the supercoach gods know, I've got Robbie Gray, Tom Rockcliffe, Daniel Wells, Marcus Adams, Michael Barlow, Roy Laird, Jacob, Weed. Welcome, Legends. You're on with the Doc Supercoach Podcast. This is Chizo. There's been a lot of outs this weekend. 30-plus changes across the teams. I've only got my uh, my better half here with me, Houston, to help me get through these uh, tumultuous times, mate. How you going, champion? Yeah, not bad. Just uh, feeling the same as everyone else. It's yeah, you've horrible. got no bench cover for the next two weeks, you reckon? Oh, mate, it's like, why do you even, you get trades to start with. You, oh, this, yeah, this year's been an absolute travesty. So my, I've come up with a new strategy that I think um, the Supercoach guys should really um, take on board. It's, um, we should play as if every round is the buys, where only our best 18 players <laughs> score. Uh, but we should drop that to about 15 and just make it a blanket rule for every week. <laughs> That'd be so good. <laughs> now, mate, do we have a... Uh, we'll get straight into the uh, big news of the yeah. day. We're closing in on um, 20,000 likes. Yeah. Okay. And just as um, something that we thought would... Um, we didn't want the 20,000 likes just to be like a, a simple giveaway um, where, you know, someone gets a jersey or this or that. We'll probably do that anyway. But, yeah. you know, we play this game for fun. And we have the benefit of playing this game that other people don't. Um, and it's going to get a little bit heavy here, mate. I'm going to hand over to you and you explain the uh, sideways thing that we're, we're going to do alongside our page to try and help people out. Yeah, so what we've done, we've obviously it's going to be something a bit special. Uh, we decided that we're going to create a donation page for charity. So it's all for a good cause. Like obviously all, our, all of our content is free. And if you're feeling generous or... You enjoy the podcasts and want to donate, even a gold coin. Um, all your donations will go towards the Cancer Council. So um, we'll post the link in the comments of the podcast and whatnot. But we think that this is it's the best way. We would never ask for donations directly to us. Um, we, we think that this is the best way to sort of raise some money. And with a community of almost 20,000 people, if everyone put a dollar in, you're looking at 20 grand that's donated straight to cancer. And we all know someone that's been affected directly by cancer. Um, so it hits pretty close to home for a lot of people, and uh, including myself. And yeah, we think that this would be a really good cause if you can donate. So we'll obviously um, we'll post the link up in, in the uh, comments section and we'll, we'll let all you guys know what the link is and whatnot. Have you got the link in front of you at all, Cheeser? Yeah, there's a few dots and backward slashes and stuff like that, but I can um, 
copy it into the the, the show notes um, at the end of the podcast so anyone can go and click on it and and find our uh, Doctor Super Coach um, page to basically help make a difference and um, all the money goes directly to um, cancer research and it's so prevalent um, in today's society that. Um, if there's any difference that we can make with our our community and by ourselves, I know that some of the admins are um, starting the fund off and chucking in fifty bucks here and there just to get it going. Um, we're not not asking for anything for us directly. We all this money is going directly into our uh, everyday hero fund. Um, I'll, as I said, I'll, I'll post the link and I, I think uh, I just want to see our community get behind a bit of cancer research, a bit of bit of help with. Uh, all the people that you know might be struggling and can't pay for Supercoach Gold like Houston. That's it. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey. Now I've already started off the donating, and um, Pete from the other podcast has done so as well. So anyone that can get behind it, like I said, if you donate a dollar and there's twenty thousand of us, that's going to be twenty thousand dollars. So our first target's five grand, and that'll go directly to Cancer Council. It's all official, straight from Cancer Council. You'll be able to see that on the um the Everyday Hero donations. So. And you get you get to write a little post every time you donate, or um and every little bit helps and um, we're glad to um, even in some small way I mean we're not huge celebrities or anything like that um, but you know any way that we can help better someone else's life um, whether a bit of humor in the podcast or a um, bit of money going towards cancer research you know I'm, I'm going to put my hand up and help out every time yeah that's it yeah so get behind it all right, right. Let's, let's get the business. Yeah, let's get it a little bit more upbeat now that we've had that moment. Um, we've got uh, some good news coming from one of our expert leagues. Um, they've actually moved up to second overall, Houston, in, yeah. in the leagues. Tally, that's pretty exciting. Absolutely nuts. It's the Dr. Supercoach Expert 2 League, so second overall. Number um, one league overall, that would be amazing. Yeah, that, that'd be just something to hang the hat on. Um, I suppose we should jump into some teams, seeing as we're spending a bit of time chatting about other stuff. Do you want to go through the ins and outs there, mate? And I'll just do my general, yep, nah, don't agree with it, like it, that kind of stuff? Yeah, no stress. So the, there's some big outs this week. Rockcliffe, uh, everyone's heard about. Um, that seems like a couple of weaker. Yeah. Um, Barlow has been omitted. So that's Not Ross even line. an emergency, mate. Nah, Ross Lyon at his finest. Uh, Barlow's been admitted. And then Toby Green, he's out with an injury. I believe it's uh, looking at it off the top of my head. Uh, it's a sore, It's just soreness. It's general soreness. So I'm not, not too sure exactly what it is. Um, Daniel Wells has gone out as well. So he got a corky, I'm pretty sure it was, last week when he was mm-hmm. playing against St. Kilda. Yeah, yeah. Um, as well as that. It just doesn't stop. Marcus Adams with his finger. Um, McCarthy, Limkin, McCarthy. Uh, and there's some less relevant ones. Pavlich, Cockatoo, Cyril Riolis might be a point of difference for someone. Um, young rookie, Jason Costagna or Constanza. Yeah. Um, Daniel Curry, Ruckman. Matty Rosa, James A., Sean Higgins, Jonathan Simkin. There's a lot of outs this week. Yeah. And I I did see something like um, thirty plus changes for this way this round. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. But on the positive side, what kind of people have you got? Uh, what kind of players have you got coming in to try and fill some holes that are relevant? 
I think one of it has to be one of the most popular trades after you after well I guess not but if anyone's got a swing around that's fine when you're trading out like the likes of Adams but Alex Rance he's back he's back he's had his little temper tantrum the way that the Tigers are going I wouldn't be surprised if he throws another one this week yeah I know but the ball's going to be down there quite a bit which is um good news <laughs> So that's a yeah, it's a easy way to get points. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to watching him. It'll be good. Um, yeah. Sammy Mitchell's also back for the yeah. Hawks. He just had a little bit of a uh, a rest last week because he had a bruised thumb or something. I don't. Know. He had basically tore a heartstring. Is what I heard. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's tickling with a feather. He goes down for a couple of weeks. That's pretty much. Happens. Yeah, he he, he likes running around giving everyone else. Um, errant knees and corkies and stuff like that, but doesn't want to come into a game with half a niggle on himself. Dylan Robertson, he's back in, so yep. defensive option. Yeah, a bit of a point of difference. St Kilda. Um, Taylor Adams, he, he's your boy. Did you have him this year, or is that more a dream team pick? Yeah, no, he he was my, my dream team pick. I've held him through a couple uh, restings and injuries and all that kind of stuff this year, so I'm hoping he comes back with a bang. He averaged 120 after the buyers last year, so I'm hoping... Uh, my DT and fantasy teams that he'll uh, he'll come back as well. Parish, your boy. Yes, everyone. For those that saw the video before the pod, I've got him uh, just blue tacked on the wall <laughs> above the computer. Just you know, I'm sitting there looking at my team day after day, getting a little depressed. Just look up, see uh, the future Brownlow medalist, and just think, you know, we're still young. We've got to push on. You know, it's not the end of the day. What a joke. <laughs> Um, also got uh, Sam Gray coming back in, Wayne Malira, um, Tommy Nichols from Gold Coast, Keegan Brooksby, and there's a big one from GWS, Jacob Hopper. This guy, um, in his last three games in the NEFL, was averaged. He hasn't gone below, sorry, hasn't gone below 30 possessions a game in his last three games in the NEFL. He's a freak. He is an absolute freak, and they're comparing him to Dangerfield at the same age. Oh, gets yeah. the the waters loin and ready to go. Yeah. Um, Tom Cole, he's on a emergency list Again. as well. Um, well, he's not emergency, but yeah, extended bench as yep. well as uh, Oscar McDonald and Josh Dunkley. Yep. And then Lewis Pierce is a new one as well, so he's come in. I think it's for Gold Coast. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Do any of those ins and outs affect your team? Because I know I've got a couple. Uh... I've got more of the out section rather than the in section that's yeah. really stressing me out. Like I, I remember I was going through my team earlier and um, I think we said last week this is we're going to realize we're, we're going to find out what our bench cover is worth. And uh, one, two, three, four, five, six outs for me this week. <laughs> I, I have just been slaughtered with injuries, but you'll be happy to know I don't have a single donor at this stage. Wow, yeah. And it's um, come from a lot of DPP action. You know, Mitch Brown from forward bench to cover Adams, who's sitting on the now sitting on the forward bench. Um, who else did I have out? I had Corey Ellis to swap from my midfield onto the onto the ground for Barlow in the forward line. So um, yeah, you know, it's, just, it's just going to show exactly how good that DPP action with. And those guys getting rid of Marcus Adams and things like that. And Mitch Brown just, you know... Keep a think about, you know, two rounds into the finals, if you make it that far and you need that little D7, F7, just to do that little swap to cover someone, they might be handy. So don't be too hasty there to cull them just yet. Let's jump into the now next section. Houston, we have a problem. 
So last week was about all about keeping, uh, doing what you can to keep those guys that are playing and that are in action and the players that may need to come back and make you more money. So I, I, admit, I did mention Matty D and he came out and smashed it. That's um, obviously by coincidence, but it just shows what can happen if you keep a player. And um, you don't always have to move them on just because everyone else is or just because you need to trade for a reason. Um, and then as well as that, look at players like Darcy Parrish. If people jumped off him last week, he's back in this week and he can probably make you some more money. So it, all in all, it just recaps not to trade people out that have a, a bigger future, that have brighter things ahead of them. See Pat, Tom Papley, for example. He's my example every week. Yeah. And the thing is with Parrish, even though I did have to take him out to the past just last week, um, for Josh Smith... <laughs> um, you know, if someone was in that situation where they did keep him and, you know, you've got two or three people on their bench, he is the perfect cover that you could have brought onto the field to, um, to, to plug that gap that you now have. All right, mate, let's jump into the new Houston. We have a problem for this week. Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. So with our, we've got to, obviously we've got to look a lot this week at who we've got playing and who we've got set as emergency. Now, the reason I touch on this is because the, the first thing I know we spoke about before is um, choosing your emergencies and making sure that you're selecting the right one. So, for example, a lot of people have Keys, Smith, Hewitt, if you're bought in Keys, and um, the likes of Petrarca as well. It's all about making sure that if you have an emergency there, you have substantial cover on them because we've already seen carnage this week. What happens when it's Saturday during the day or Sunday morning and someone else gets rubbed out? You need to have that cover there. Yeah, that's exactly right. And let me pose a question to you. This is entirely possible that it could happen. Um, in someone's midfield, you could have, um, say, a Daniel Wells. You could have a Tommy Rockcliffe. You could have a Ryan Davis. You could have uh, Michael Barlow. That sounds like my midfield. <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is um, someone could have that midfield and they could be stuck with a donut this week so early on just because they didn't have enough cover and they haven't chosen the right emergencies or the right DPP links to help them that, that help them keep available. The, the only reason that I'm surviving with our donuts this week with six outs is that DPP link that I've had across my whole field to cover it all. Yeah, the only way I'm covering it is by trading everyone out. <laughs> Every week it just seems injuries are coming up, left, right and centre. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that um, the whole concept of making sure you're choosing the right rookies and having the right emergencies to cover your outs kind of leads us on to the next section. I'm going to shoot some names at you there, Houston. You've got a whole list of rookies that we've basically been inundated over the last probably fortnight of... Should I uh, cull this rookie? Do I get that rookie in? Do I hold this one? Do I do it? you switch it? I'm just going to shout some names out there. You tell yep. me if you, if you would keep them regardless of what you have. Uh, just keep in mind a lot of them haven't even topped out yet. Okay. Yep. Go for it. Mitch Brown. Keep. Tipper. Keep. Carriage. Keep. Papley. Keep. Ben Ken. Keep. Ruggles. Keep. Darcy Byrne Jones. Keep. My boy Corey Ellis. You keep him, yes. Yeah. Kieran Byrne. Uh, what's his break even? Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head. 
Hang on, I'll um, bring that up in front of me. You're it's the one with Supercage super cage Gold, mate. When we go through this before the show, you should know to look these things up. <laughs> his break-even's 20, so I'd keep him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so break-even more than his scoring potential is what makes you want to keep him? Yes, correct. Okay. Georgie Hewitt? Oh, he's borderline, but yeah, his, his break-even's still very low, so I'd keep him. Yeah, he's, not, he's getting pretty 21. close, though. 21, so yeah, he could be on the chopping block if need be. Got a week or so. What about Michael Hartley from Essendon? 276k. What's his break even? Is that 19? Same situation as Hewitt. You'd keep him, but if you need to chop him, you can. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to throw a wild one at you. Ryan Davis at 186,000. Hasn't make us, made us a ton of money. He's just missed two weeks. And just keep in mind, Ryan Davis just had 38 touches in the kneeful on the weekend. Oh, and God. he's not getting a game for a struggling Gold Coast. He, I can't, I was speaking to, um, we spoke to Pete during the week from yep. like the dozen on Mondays and he just said that the tank of Ryan Davis is just not there. Like yeah. he's got the skill of Dustin Martin and at his best he can be similar, but the tank just isn't there. He runs at 50% all the time. Um, Davis, he's averaged 40 for his last three rounds and his break even's 40. So you're not making much of him, but if it's getting a keys in or a Petraka in, bang, you do it. You make 60K or whatever and just cut your losses. Yeah, I, I think that's not a bad option. And just to, to further that, uh, he doesn't have a tank situation, I'll just yell out some times on ground. Keys in the first two rounds has averaged 81% time on ground. McPherson in his first game averaged 78 Petrarca averaged 74 over his first couple, and Davis in his four or five games that he played only averaged 71% time on ground. Only Callum Archie, who had 70%, um, and um, I think it was uh, the Cannon McKenzie, who had a few injury-affected games, they're the only two with um, lower time on ground than Davis, and, and one of them was injury-affected at the Gold Coast. So, it, you know, to put it in perspective, Nick Nat only spends 69% time on ground. And, <laughs> you know, and everyone knows he doesn't spend much time on ground. So um, it just goes goes to show that he, he does have some decent skill and he's, he's, his waffle numbers and his NEFL numbers, um, you know, back it up. But he just hasn't got quite got the legs for the, uh, the, the next level. And that's something that we touched on in last week's podcast. Yeah, that's it. All um, right. So that uh, I, I'm going to toss another one up to you now, and this is going to... I'll, I, there's two ways you could look at this. Marcus Adams, what do, you, what do you trade or do you hold? I. This is my situation. If I don't trade Marcus Adams, I get a donut this week, and I'm not willing to sit there... Like when my back nine back line's not complete as well, or it's still a couple players off complete, I'd rather upgrade him to someone that I'll keep for the rest of the year and let him do his purpose than sit there and have him for even a couple of weeks sitting on the bench and scoring a zero on the ground. I just it's about points for me, and um, I'd rather bank the points on the field rather than have a zero because Marcus Adams being out, I know it's it's just a player short for the week, but I have no cover for it. So in that situation, I move him. If I have cover for Marcus Adams, I hold him. Okay, so if you're someone like me that has Mitch Brown that can swap him into the forward bench so that he's not a problem, you'd hold him. I would definitely hold him. He's averaging 86 per game. Yeah. I've I've had a, uh, you know, 64% of um, teams own him. We, we, there's been a few um, 
other super coach um, su- people suggesting that you should get rid of Marcus Adams. Now, the you know, highlighting that he's only averaged 78 or something in his last five. Um, <laughs> remember, this guy was 120-odd K. Like, he's made us over $230,000. But if you can pick up a D7 that swings forward and back that is, uh, you know, you picked up for 120K, like... His last two rounds, he went 63 against North Melbourne and 77 against Adelaide. Pretty decent lineup. I'll tell you what, he's averaging more than Mark Murphy, Jordan Lewis, Daniel Rich, Jared McVeigh, Grant Birchall, Brody Smith, Caleb Daniel, Shane Biggs. He's averaging more than all of those guys. So if you're going to consider getting rid of him, do you consider getting rid of those? Yeah. And I think this is just my personal preference. I. Think of someone on his, of his stature. If he's only, you know, the injury is going to play a lot into what you do with him. But if he's only out for a week, two is kind of the tipping point. If he's out for three, you definitely probably have to get rid of him. Yep. But they've come out and said he'll be a one-week, maybe a two-week thing. You know. I would definitely I, hold him if I had cover, 100%. Yeah. Even know, if I had to risk having one person, like, no, sorry, even if I had to risk having... No people on the bench and just having six on field and just take the chance. I just would, for that like, one week? Yeah, I, I would 100% do it because if it doesn't come off, it doesn't come off, but you've kept Marcus Adams. Yeah, and, so so like if it was a Laird, you could have them both back next week, but you could also have a donut this week. Yeah, that's right. And that's like that's what that's my situation at the moment. I've got Laird and Adams on my bench, and then I've got old mate Tom Bloody Lee. Bruce He's not, not Bruce. He's done. He, you're dead to me, Tom Lee. <laughs> dead. Don't worry, mate. I heard he's killing it in the VFL Dream Team and Super Coach Leagues. Oh, that'll be me <laughs> joining up there next year. I'm, I'm over. I'm not that. No, it's all right. Tom well, Lee, you're a spud. All right, I'll, I'll probably go with some easier ones now. You should be able to figure these ones out. Wietermeyer. Um, I would trade. Yeah, I I kind of think so as well. Simkin, just pinged a hammy for six weeks. Oh, yeah, see you later. <laughs> Link, Lincoln, just... Lincoln McCarthy coming off his terribly rolled ankle that probably sees him play this week. Tell you what, I was <laughs> happy that he didn't play this week because I don't have to trade him. Oh, so he can just sit there on my bench. I've got cover. He can just sit there on my bench and do nothing. So, so you're, you're going to keep him even with that 15 and you're going to worry about the donuts that you might get. Means next week I can upgrade McCarthy. Cool. All right. Sputterdew. Oh, Sputterdew doesn't deserve a place in any team. All right. Cool. Mitch McGovern. He's topping out. McGovern. Yeah, I'd, I'd move him on. All right. And my boy Parrish, if you haven't gone and got rid of him already, he probably goes this week. Well... You never know. He's had a week off. He's averaging 75. His break even 78. If you've got bigger fish to fry, I wouldn't blame you for for keeping him in the team. He's not going to lose like that much cash, you don't reckon? No, no, not at all. If he if he gets a 75, he loses a couple of hundred bucks, but you've got a 75 on your field. All right. What about meals? I have to keep him now. I have yep. to keep him this... Oh, actually, sorry. Um, I don't have to keep him, but... Oh, You're just yeah. making up crap this podcast, no, no, aren't you? I, I, You're trading I, about 18 different people and holding 14 on the bench and you're not going to have a donut. I've got seven bloody players injured. 
What am I meant to do? I've, I lost I've, six I've, this week. Dude, this isn't a pissing competition, mate. If it was, I would win. Sorry. Hello, this is Chizo. <laughs> I'm doing the podcast. Hello. Um, no, nah, his break even's 94. See you later. He's, yeah. I looked at it. I looked at his projections anyway last night. If he say he comes out and gets 80 for the next couple of weeks straight, like four or five weeks, the most he'll go up to is about 340, 350 or something. Yeah, like, and you're probably going to have to wait six or seven weeks for him to start making that extra seven thousand dollars. Yeah, he's done his job. Chuck him to Benny Keys. Had four shots on goal last week. We'll smash it. Yeah. Okay, mate. Um, I suppose we'll better jump into some uh, captaincy options. And just like I said last week, I've kind of split it into VC and C options just Great to idea. just to kind of um, highlight the need for. Um, if you can, especially with all these outs, we're going to have so many chances to do the loophole. Um, if we're looking at early games, you've got Adelaide versus Geelong on the Friday. Uh, the early Saturday games, you've got Essendon, North Melbourne. Um, then you've got Hawthorne and Frio in Tassie. GWS and Gold Coast towards the afternoon. Uh, Brisbane Lions and Collingwood in the evening. Richmond and Sydney in the evening. Um, and then on the Sunday games, you've got Carlton and Port, Melbourne Western Bulldogs, West Coast and St Kilda. So on the VC side of things... On the Friday, I've got a Joel Selwood, who has a three-round average of 138. You've got Dangerfield with a three-round average of 133. So my boy, my boy uh, Joel Selwood, as I said, the last couple of night, weekends, uh, Houston, he's actually outpacing Dangerfield over the last four or five weeks. I'll tell you what, I'll be honest with you. This week, if it hadn't have been for Tom Lee not playing, I would have got Selwood in because I wouldn't have had to cover a... Donut, I would have got Selwood in a hundred percent. He's yeah. he's back. He's back. Yeah, definitely. That Dangerwood combo is just going crazy, isn't it? Oh man, I feel like I need it in there. I, I will have it at some point this year. I can definitely see him finishing as a top five to top three midfielder. Yeah, I'm not really sure how you go and get about getting Dangerwood inside you, but anyway, <laughs> onto the Saturday, you've also got Goldstein. I know he's been down a little bit, but his five-round rolling average is still 114, um, so he's a viable VC option if you don't have any of the above, especially against Lewenberger only in the ruck. He probably is just going to go nuts. Um, on the Saturday, GWS versus the rabble of Gold Coast, Callum Ward, you know, he's got a five-round average of 117, could go big. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. He's um, yeah, he's killing it lately. Yeah, and one more VC option is not everyone's favourite player at the moment, but you can't go past Gaz. I'm going to keep bringing his name up. Five round average of 106 since he's been having a few down weeks. Um, the average quote, is 100, you, 151 against GWS. 151 he averages against GWS. He picks himself up against the uh, the other up and coming fledgling team in the uh, Giants. Yeah, that's it. And just a quick one. Did you mention Selwood averages 127 against Adelaide? Averages 127 against Adelaide. Yeah. And that was before he played with Dangerfield in the side. Exactly right. Um, and Callan Ward also averages 112 against Gold Coast. Yeah, so there's some pretty good options. Um, if you were taking a VC, to pick two of those that you pick. To, you know, this week I I have Dangerfield and I I was going to get Selwood in, but if I had both of them, I would VC Selwood because every Ooh. single man of these dogs going to have a VC on Dangerfield on the Friday night. Yep. You VC Selwood if he goes 
bigger, you just you're happy as Larry. You, you, I, yeah. What I think back to is last year when Adelaide played Melbourne and Bernie Vince gave Dangerfield an absolute shellacking. Yeah. And Dangerfield just he was just crap all day, and then. Like he, it wasn't. It wasn't even that he was being like. I guess he was being tagged or whatnot. But it was just he didn't handle that situation very well. Dangerfield mm. didn't. So I can see. I can sort of feel remnants of that coming back. Especially because the Adelaide boys will probably get in, get stuck into him as well. It might be a bit more physical. They, uh, there's just a little bit more question marks, and the heat might go off Joel Selwood. As I said, he's outpacing Danger over the last month. He might just get a little, a little bit more off the chain. Do you think? Yeah, and and look at last week. If you watched anything from the Bulldogs game, there were so many high tackles from Adelaide and Joel Selwood. You know what he's about. He's the king. That if he gets four or five frees for him, you've got a. That's a big stack on top, and it's gonna should be a close game. So the scaling could be huge if Geelong get over the line. So always keep. I if I was going to, I would go VC uh, Selwood if I had him. Yep. I'm probably going to go VC Dangerfield though, just because if you, it's one of those ones. If you miss out, you're buggered. Yeah, you could go 190. Um, okay, for the uh, captaincy options for games that play later, um, so Brisbane versus Collingwood, you got Pendles coming off a 140 after you called it last week, Houston. Yeah, you called it. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the three peat. Oh, mate, that's the only three wins you'll get for the season, so don't get too stressed. Uh, Pendle's three-round average of 123. Um, you've got Hanabry uh, coming up against Richmond, uh, five-round average of 123. You've got Parker with a three-round average of 123. Um, on the Sunday versus the Bulldogs, who, even though we say don't have a Ruckman, the Ruckman have... Um, been doing quite well. They shut down Goldie the other week. Um, but Maxi Gorn, guess what his five round average is, Houston, over the last five rounds. Oh. Five rounds. Yeah, the they... last five rounds. I just want to emphasize five rounds. This is his average. Well, they had seven rounds this year. So How many rounds? Five rounds. Uh, 120? 141. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Imagine if you were like yourself and you went to start with him or you were like myself and you went to start with him and you got him out because you thought, oh, no, go a point of difference. Uh, Mate, there's no such thing as a good point of difference anymore. (laughs) There's no such thing. (laughs) All right. Um, And I guess the last one that you could throw up against St Kilda at home, the flat track bullies, uh, Pritis, five-round average of 87, but at home could be something decent. Yeah, you could get up there. I'd, I'm taking Horny Gorny all the way. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty hard to, to look past Gorn in, in his current form. Um, you can't turn down someone that's averaged 141 in their last so many games, can you? No, no wonder Gorn rhymes with form because that's what he's in. Yeah, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous, ridiculous numbers to be putting up. That's Ablett-like. Ridiculous. Imagine if if he did this for the full season, 140. I'd be almost sideways in Goldie doing at that point. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just just let myself out. Sorry, guys. Yeah, no. You know how I said I'd VC Hanbury last week? Yeah. I wasn't happy with his 110. I put the captaincy on Goldstein, <laughs> and I I checked the score at half time when he was on forty, and 
I didn't watch any football for the rest of the weekend, and I just checked the uh, logged in to check my rank at like nine thirty on the Sunday night, and saw he got a hundred, and just this massive weight came off my shoulders because I was thinking I was going to have to delete team. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> um, it's, it's definitely worth worth noting that last year against Essendon, Goldstein went for two hundred and twenty-one. So, just just to let you know, but that wasn't that was, that was against, against Sean McKernan, mate. Yeah, that was against McKernan. But um, you know, I, I don't think he'll ever get anywhere near that this week. But it just shows what his scoring potential is. But, but imagine if you VC'd him. Like, there's no risk in VCing him. No, not at all. You're playing. He's playing Essendon as well. Like, no offense to your mob, but he'll probably get some um, easy tap downs to the midfielders. Unless Essendon get up, that'd be amazing. No, but the, the thing is. The, the other problem was the other week, he had 40 touches, 40 uh, hit-outs, but none of them went to his teammates. That was the problem. He could have easily had 130, 140, but they just needed to pick the bloody ball up. It's not calling him Goldie the Shark. <laughs> shark and everything. Yeah. Um, all right, mate, I just want to jump into more of a, f- a football news. It's not going to affect our team so much. I just want to talk about Fife just a little bit because it's going to... Um, he's yeah. out for the rest of the season, so he's not going to have an operation and come back in. Um, it, it's one of those things that, you know, you've got a fracture, it can heal up in, you know, six weeks is the, the normal time frame. But can, when, I, can I just stop you there? Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, that's right. What, what happened from four to six weeks? What, what happened now? Yeah, so I'll just I'll, I'll run you through it, particularly for those people that um, probably don't understand exactly what's going on. Um, so Fifey fractured his, uh, his fibula for the second time in 12 months. Um, so the first time that when they took him to, to the operating theater, they, put an, uh, they did an ORF, which is an open reduction internal fixation, uh, which basically means um, they reduced the fracture, they plated in position to hold the fracture fragments together. And, uh, you know, now the thing to remember, to remember is that our bones have a, a limited um, but not zero ability to, you know, to flex, to, to, to bend. Yeah. Um, and that's for, you know, for impact absorption and all kinds of things. Um, that means that our bones can, you know, withstand varying shock forces. And if you, you watch the tape back, you know, he rolls over in a tackle, um, but it's not that violent. It's, he just kind of hits the outside of his ankle on the, on the ground. Yeah. Um, so in this case, um, he's already got that metal plate in his leg. Um, which, you know, typically titanium screws and stuff so that they're MRI compatible. Um, there's there's not much flexibility in the area of the implant where that, that little, um, the, the screws in the plate are. Um, and this caused, the, the, you know, the shock to build up in that area either side of the implant. Um, mm. And say for hip replacements, um, it's the stem end or the end that goes down into your femur, not the hip end that, that gets the fracture. Um, and so you get a periprosthetic fracture around the implant, um, and I, it, usually the distal end. So it's probably what we call the lower end towards his ankle, not the upper end towards his knee. Yep. Um, and so the Frio medical team um, were taking some time to decide what they were going to do because they could have he, – he had a bigger plate put in to cover both areas, right? Yeah. He could have come back, uh, you know, anything around the buys. But the thing is, that bigger plate means a bigger build-up of shock in a physical AFL game, and that plate can cause another fracture. So they've elected to take the plate out before it undertakes contact sport again, which means not only does he have the operation and recovery for the current fracture, 
He's then got to wait it for it to be completely healed to an extent that they can take the plate and screws out. Oh. And then he has to heal from the holes and things that are now in his leg from when he got a plate taken out of it that was holding it together. So there's there's two separate operations, at least um, two significant rehabilitation periods. And, you know, he would have probably been ready um, if Frio made finals and things like that. But Why take, why take the risk, you know? Yeah. It's they're not, obviously not going to make finals from where we're looking at them. It ain't easy being cheesy. All right, let's jump into Cheezo's Tasty Trades, mate. I've got a, a bit of a new um, segment that I'm going to kind of run through. Um, this week, I want to talk about fallen premiums, okay? Um, just a couple guys, three, two or three in each line that I think you should need to take a look at to fill those remaining spots on your team. Um, I'm going to talk about people that I think you should trade in. I'm going to talk about people I think you shouldn't trade in. At this stage, okay? I might add on to that with people you should look at trading out. Oh, all wait, right. no, we already went through that. All yeah, good. You go. That's all right. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to start in the uh, back line. Um, one of the names I've been hearing people uh, uh, wanting to trade in for uh, Marcus Adams this week is Josh Gibson. Um, he's 471Ks, averaging 100. He's got a break-even of 102, um, but that's propped up by uh, his 194 um, that he had, you know, that bumping his average up. Without that in his, his his average, he's only averaging 82 for the year. He's only had one other score above 90 um, other than that 194. So I would probably hold off for the time being. I think he's still probably overpriced for what you can get for him. And I don't think he's going to be putting up 100 average for the rest of the year. I think it's a, it's a waste trying to get Josh Gibson in. Agreed. At this stage. Um, his teammate, Grant Birchall, on the other hand, only 425k. He's averaging 85, the same average he's had for a few years. He's got a break-even of 69. Now, you've got... If you wanted to describe Grant Birchall in, in one sentence, it's this. He's had four scores between 86 and 93. Pretty good consistency. Yeah. But out of the seven games, you throw in one ton and 150 score, and you've got your typical Grant Birchall. That's what he's done. He's dropped 40k since uh, on the back of the 55 versus Adelaide, um, and he's likely to go 85 to 90 for the remainder of the season. Very cheap for his output, 426k. He's probably going to be a bit more of a point of difference as well. Um, and as long as you can put up with a little bit of a uh, up and down, he'll put out three games in a in a, a month between 80 and 95. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. I think Josh Gibson gets very, very highly overrated from yeah, that so do I. 190 or whatever he scored, but like he can he barely ever backs it up. Yeah. Um, the big one that you and I are looking at is Jared McVeigh. A lot of people trying to bring him in this week for Marcus Adams. Uh, 493k, average of 86 so far, and a break even of 112. Um, after injury just delayed the start um, to the year, he's building up nicely. Um, he's had four four scores uh, between 81 and 91. Wow. There he's only he's only four scores, um, and he must be a top priority to get into your backline. Um, he's projected to drop another 20k in the next two weeks on his current form. Um, so you could probably at least hold on one more week to see uh, what his break even is um, when he comes out against Richmond. Um, you know, at least next I wouldn't get him in this week. Next week's uh, if you've got cover. Uh, for like the Lairds and the, the Marcus Adams, I'll be looking at getting him next week. Yeah, agreed. Um, Some, someone like yourself who doesn't have cover in the back line, is he probably someone you might jump on? I mean, it's only 20,000. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think he is. Um, sometimes it's just about getting 
that option there and not thinking about the price value, but thinking about the player's value himself. And the points. And, yeah, exactly right. The points are invaluable as such. So, um, it, it's yeah, I just think you you can get in anyone if you really want to. If you think you're going to keep them for the year and you think that um, their price is okay for you. Yeah. Okay, and I'll just uh, keep your eye on Elliot Yo, 440k, break even 150. Shane Biggs, 410k, break even 130. Tommy McDonald, the uh, uh, big improver from last year, averaging 95, he's down to 384k with a break even of 130. Yeah. Um, and KK, one of the um, D2 for a lot of players at the start of the season, he's 417k. BE of 127 is projected to go below 400k this week. <laughs> Yuck. So, you know, if you can pick up KK on the rebound, um, D6, he, he might be a sneaky one. Um, and just to, to wrap up defense, um, since we recommended Boyd and Simpson three weeks ago, what do you reckon they've averaged, Houston? Oh, I know Simo's been absolutely killing it. Not, I, I know Boyd has as well, so... I'd have to say over 110. We we went on the podcast and we said, I would take Boyd, you would take Simpson. And I basically said, you're an idiot, Houston. Boyd's going to outpace him. Boyd, over the last three rounds, has averaged 124. And Simpson has averaged 117. <laughs> you just got me. I'll give you that. You wouldn't... You know, 21 points is pretty significant, mate. That's probably 500 ranks I'm up now, mate. Nah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We'll get it back. <laughs> but the thing is, with these guys, you've missed the boat because they're back up over 500k. And if you didn't get them when they were cheap, you won't get them cheap again this season. Yeah. All right. For the, the midfield, um, a fallen premium, Joshy P. Kennedy, 546k, averaging 103 still with a break even of 100 this week. Yes, he's still 550-odd K, but that's 50000 cheaper than his starting price. Anything under 600 k is a bargain for this dude. Um, he's had no scores below 95 in his last six games and has averaged 107 in this time, and he's only in 4% of teams. Like, he's a good point of difference, and you know he's a fallen premium if you can fit another, another Sydney round 14 by player in. Yeah, over the last, since 2012, 120, 105, 113, 110. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, amazing. All right. Um, one I'm really, really closely looking at, Matt Prittis. He's only 5'11K, averaging 99 with a break-even of 151. So he's going to be sub 500 most likely. Um, four scores below 87 with two big tons mixed in. Um, you know, I think it was you that alluded that he always had has his, uh, these slumps, Houston. Yeah. Yeah, he just he, he always finds a month where he just has a little bit of a rest and then comes back big. Um, two years he won the Brownlow ago, and then the second year where he didn't win the Brownlow, he actually had better stats than his Brownlow year. So this dude is a decent player, and he's going to bounce back. Um, and in the last month, he's had four low, his four low scores – or against good opposition, he played the Hawks, the Cats, and the Swans all on the road at their home ground. So, you know, their draw up to the buys opens up pretty nicely. So I'd have no hesitation at getting him in next week um, around 500k mark. That, that's 110k below his starting price. Yeah, and he's one of the most consistent for years. You can always back him in. So just had a couple of down weeks. Yep. Um, and my last fallen premium is a little bit controversial. I've got Gary Ablett Ooh. as a fallen premium. He's only 565k. He's averaging 112, a break-even of 150. 
It's important to note that 112 is his, is his lowest average since the mid-2000s, a decade ago. He will go massive this week. You're calling okay. it this week? I'm All right. Call- Houston's calling it this week. I'm calling it at some point. Uh, obviously hampered by being basically the lone cog in that team. 130. He'll, he'll bounce back in the midfield once the midfield brigade comes back. Um, so look to get him in probably round the buys or if you see an up, uh, an upgrade in his, his form and his output, you know, you need at least two or three weeks to say that he's back. Uh, but I'd have no hesitation getting him after his buys if I was one of those that didn't have him and are looking for a final midfield upgrade. Yeah, that's like coming into the season, if he's if he's still fit and healthy and raring to go, he can be one of the best super coach players in your team. Yeah, I've got keep an eye on uh, Robbie Gray, 550k, break even of nearly 200. David Mundy, uh, 520k, uh, break even of 144. Sammy Mitchell, 573k, break even of 180. And uh, just another one that you've probably missed the boat on um, is Pendles. Since we recommended him a few weeks ago, he's been averaging 125, Houston. <laughs> we, we said he was going to average... Never, I put balls to the doubt. wall and said that he was going to average 120 from a certain period up and last five rounds up to the buys. He started his run too early. Yeah, he's killed it. He's absolutely killed it. Um, unfortunately, fortunately for him, he uh, hasn't killed it against Carlton, which is good, but uh, <laughs> he did kill it against Carlton. Just yeah, didn't win the game. D- didn't win the game. Ha, ha, ha. You're loving that, aren't you? Oh, da 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 da. <laughs> All right. Fallen premiums in the ruck. Um, there's a couple to have a look at. Steph Martin, he's only 470K, averaging 92 with a break even of 79. That's $130,000 down on his starting price. If no. you like, if you, I know that you did the the maneuver of starting with a le- lesser price ruck and yep. sort of going up to him. That's mm-hmm. a that's turned out to be a really good move. Yeah. So my, if you had started with say a Gorn and Nick Nat or a Gorn and Goldie, yeah, that was obviously the right choice because Gorn has just gone ridiculous. Um, but for those that did start with a lower priced ruck. You did it to see who was going to, who could give you that value because there were so many guys priced around the same, um, at the same price that were probably going to score the same. And it was very difficult to try and pick who it was. If you did pick them, and you were just probably um, a really good super coach, or you just got lucky. But Steph Martin is someone that presents. You know, he's averaged 111 and 110 in the past two seasons, and after averaging 104 to start the year, which is nothing to um, sniff at Stephen May destroyed his face, <laughs> and he sent his price into freefall. So those looking for a ruck upgrade, you know, jump on this week. He sh- but he shares the buy with Goldie, so just keep that in mind. Um, but one hundred and thirty thousand down on his starting price averages one hundred and ten over the last two years. I, I can't see a downside. No, neither. One hundred and seventeen on the weekend. Yeah, it's with Beams back as well. I know Rocky's gone out, but Rocky never plays anyway. But yeah. um, with Beams back, he'll kill it too. Yeah. Okay, my second fallen premium um, I've got is a little bit of a left field. It's mainly for um, his flexibility. It's Mark Blickhaves or Blitzhaves, as you like to say. Blitzhaves. Uh, um, 514k, averaging 102 with a break even of 109. He's averaging 111. If you remove his horrible game against the Dons, where he was experimented with with the back line and forward and left and right, um, so four out of his seven games, he's gone 115 plus. Houston, 
he's he's been one of my big targets all year, and it's not even yeah. in ruck; it's in the midfield. You could get him either way, but I, yeah. Yeah, I love him as a player. Mid ruck swing uh, could be pivotal. Shares his buy again with Goldie. Um, so if you've got Gorn and you're looking to upgrade that a uh, ruckman, that's um, another really really good one. I'm I'm choosing between one of these two this week, and I still to this point don't know which one I'll go. It probably forty five thousand dollars probably sends me towards Steph Martin. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but Blitzers did have twelve tackles last week. Yeah. Well, he's basically just an inside mid that just runs around, does his own thing now. Oh, sorry, the week before I think the the twelve tackles was, but he had it. Yeah, he he's he's a really good player. It's hard to sort of go past him, but Steph Martin for value. Yeah, cool. Um, and obviously, keep an eye on Toddy Goldstein. He's finally under six hundred k for those that didn't start with him. He's got a break even of uh, almost an even two hundred this week. He's going to drop in price. Although he did put up 200 against Essendon last year. Um, so just keep a, an eye out for him. Let's jump into the forwards, Houston. You ready? Cool. Yeah, let's go. I know this is a bit information heavy, but <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm trying to make it quality because this is these upgrades are really, really important for our team. It's, taste, it's tasty. Exactly. All right. Cheezles. Um Lee Montagna. 434k, averaging 104 with a break even of 115. He started in the top echelon of the forwards to start the season, and while he's dropped 65k, he's still been scoring well. Okay. 534, not 434. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. However, however, he's had four tons and three sub 80 scores. He's averaging 123 when he tons up, and only 78 in the games where he doesn't ton up. Wow. Okay. And at this point in time, it's a 50-50, depending on which one you get. So he also has a habit of starting well, like a Brent Stanton, and then fading away. Okay, so I did some numbers. In 2014, he averaged 106 in the first seven rounds, and then just 75 from then on. This is two years ago. Last year, he missed quite a few early games, so I went from a pre-buy to post-buy average. In the pre-buy, he averaged 120. In the post-buy, he averaged 106, which is still respectable, but um, there's still that significant drop-off between the start and the finish. I'm not saying that's going to happen again, but history tends to repeat itself. The last time he averaged 106 over the first seven rounds, he averaged 75 for the year, for the end of the the rest of the year. That's crazy. So just something to keep in mind for those that are willing to shell out 500k for a forward. Um Another one that you and I are both looking at is Lids, Brett Deledio. He's on he's on the bubble. 610K, averaging 77 so far with a break-even of over 200. This guy's averaged 106 over the past eight seasons collectively. Wow. <laughs> Lids has been a fantasy legend for ages. Now as a forward, he's consistently right at the top of the list for averages. Assuming... He has a reasonable average of about 100 over the next three rounds. He's going to drop to around 510, 525K, somewhere in that 15K range, or yeah. even lower if he has a poor score. So if he, he puts up an average of 77 for the next three rounds, he's going to drop bulk cash. So just wait for the guy to drop and jump on. Far out. Yep. Or even wait till he's by if you can, uh, yeah, if it works out that way. Definitely uh, a target of mine. Yeah, another left field one I've got for fallen premiums is your boy, the Chad. Chad. Yeah, 
four, uh, sorry, under 400K, averaging 70, break-even of 122. And his, his form has kind of mirrored Port's form as well. They've been quite um, low. He's averaged 97 and 99 across entire seasons before. So he's way unders for what he can produce. You know, to pick him up for 380K as an F6, F7 is ridiculously cheap. Um, just watch for that form spike and jump on, I reckon. That's what probably what I'm going to do. You already have him, Houston, don't you? Yeah, I've just had to hold him for the yeah. ride. I know he'll get back up there at some stage. It's, yeah, just about holding him. If you hold the same play, you're not going to lose money from it as such. You're just decreasing and increasing in money. Yeah, and for those that want something a little different, you could go a Jack Gunston, uh, 444K, averaging 92 with a break-even of 42. Um, Dusty's uh, down to 515K, averaging 101 with a break-even of 61. And Aaron Hall's finally coming down from his peak, 500K, averaging 109, break-even of 126. Wow. So that's... Yeah, that's it. The last thing I want to... To, I know this is content heavy to, to finish off Chizo's tasty trades. Just some upcoming targets. Okay, I just want to. There's a lot of people double downgrading, and it, it, I, I've pointed this out last week. It's not something that I think is always necessary. It's yeah. not helping the points value of your team, particularly if you've got to cover a lot of injuries. So I'm going to just shout out five names that could get games coming up soon. We know one is getting a game this week. So. Darcy McPherson, last week had 10-odd touches, 10 tackles in the AFL. The week before in the kneeful, he had 33 touches, 6 tackles, 117 Dream Team points. Wow. So, Could be a kid, target. Yeah, kids got chops. Reese Matheson, last two games in the kneeful. 22 touches, 4 tackles and a goal for 96 DT points and 32 touches, 6 tackles, 120 Dream Team points. All right? He's, he's been named emergency this week. Yeah, he's very close. So... Don't worry about if you can only get one of Petrarca and Keys. Um, that's not not so much a bad thing. Um, so, in my perspective, I'm going Petrarca. Unfortunately, missing Benny Keys and upgrading somewhere else. Okay, to get another to get another premium. Um, Jack Trengrove, VFL last two weeks: 28 touches, nine tackles, 108 DT points, and 30 touches, 10 tackles, two goals, 140 DT points. He'll be good. He'll be a really good option. 156k. He's cheap as. Um, Jacob Hopper in for his first game this week. The last three weeks running in the knee for he's averaged 30 plus touches. And the last game he had 30 touches, six tackles, and a goal for 126 DT points. And the last one also from GWS. We highlighted this very very early and probably our first podcast together, Houston. Uh, Jake Barrett. Um, from GWS, he's been averaging 25-plus disposals over the last couple of years in the NEFL. Um In the last two games, 26 touches, 6 tackles and a goal for 112 DT points, 28 touches, 10 tackles and 123 DT points. So there's five upcoming possible trade targets, particularly McPherson, Matheson, Trengrove and Hopper that are going to get games soon. They're all sub 200K. I'd be really, really, really closely looking at them if you can only get one of Petrarca and Keys. Yeah, I agree. So um, that's why I'm not doing a double downgrade. I'm not saying it's not something that you should be doing with your team. You you make that decision for yourself. But for me, definitely one up, one down every time I go. Yeah, that's a great agreeable one. 
yeah, unless you're really, really confident with your team and you're happy to take a hit with points for the week and um, you just can't really decide on a primo you want to get in, you can double downgrade this week. I guess it's acceptable with Petrarca and Keys from my point of view. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just one of those coaches that just doesn't advertise double downgrades because it doesn't progress your team that much because then, then you have to burn another two trades to get them out before you see any positive benefit from them. So for me... Um, Petrarca comes in and a premium comes in and I'll pick up one of those guys when they're on their bubble later on. Yeah, that's a good point. I just wanted to bring up a um, quick thing with you as well. We haven't really touched on what you would do with the likes of Wells, Barlow, those sort of guys. You're holding, yeah. I'm holding both as well. Yeah, uh, you hold Wells. You're, you're on the train with Barlow. You, you, you've just got to keep keep on board just it's uh, unless he's that Ross Lyon comes out and says he's going to miss six weeks for not being any good he got a holding what about Toby Green well I wouldn't own Toby Green so (laughs) (laughs) so I I don't really care no you've got you've got to hold these guys as I've said previously they're one of the premiums you selected they're going to come back at some point Agreed. And uh, lastly, Rockcliffe. If I if I was a Rockcliffe owner again, I was at the start of the year, but if I was mm. again, I would have gotten rid of him straight away. It's Literally, you wouldn't think it would happen two years in a row, but it did the exact same thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go completely against the grain. I'm going to say hold him. Really? So is it hamstring? Is yeah. that three, three weeks? Um. He's come out on radio, said that it's probably just a one to two weeker. He's probably going to spend anything up to three or four on the sideline. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But I'm not sure if you can go Rockcliffe out, Rockcliffe back in, Rockcliffe out. And as we said, he was the highest averaging supercoach player over the last four years last year. Uh, sorry, the last seven rounds of last year. And his potential, if you've done that many trades on him, just stick him on a bench if you can. I, I don't think it's worth... You know, you get him back out again, that's three trades. He starts tearing it up. Do you just not get him back in out of pure... Spite. Spite, yeah. Yeah. At, at this stage... At this stage, you probably, your team's probably cooked anyway. You probably might as well just hold him. Point of difference, go for the league win. That's it. Let's um <laughs> let's get close to wrapping this up. We'll um skip over Q and A from Facebook this week. I yep. think we've covered a lot of it. Um, yep. but quick review for Brad Foot. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sending in the review. You've you've done, yeah. You've, I think you've sent in a couple of emails prior. Shout out to Chris Borg for the emails as well. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> Brad Foot. All right, with the so with your team, he's got Heath Shaw, Cade Simpson, Alex Rance, McDonald Tippin Woody, Mitch Brown, Darcy Byrne Jones, Marcus Adams, and Michael Hartley in his back line. Yeah, good. Midfielders, Dangerfield, Parker, Gary Ablett, Zaharakis, Pendlebury. Oh, that's fire. Um, Liberatore and Duncan, really good point of difference, Duncan. And then you've got Mills, Hewitt, Davis, and Josh Smith. Rucks, Gorn, and Goldie killing it um and cox on the bench just cover and then forwards you got aaron hall lance franklin dustin martin sam carriage ben kennedy daniel wells christian petrarca and connor menadue and now this guy has 23 trades left and 100 grand in the bank 100 grand in the bank so this this week he's thinking of going mills to keys and mcpherson 
or Keys or McPherson, we'd definitely go to Keys. Yeah. Um, and he wanted to bring in Zorko, but he's about a thousand short by trading out Menadju. Uh, but would would also look at Selwood or Ward, maybe. What do you think is best? If you can get Selwood in, by yeah. all means. I, I Selwood and Ward are both going to be points of difference at this stage in your midfield. That would be absolutely brilliant. Um, Mitch Duncan, Tom Liberatore are going to be fighting it out for that, you know, that um, M8 or M9 spot that you keep. One of those are going to go probably up, um, you would think, to a, an upgrade at some point. Yeah, that's right. Um, the Jeez, he, he doesn't have any problems. He doesn't have Barlow. He doesn't have Rockliffe. Um, it's just killing it. Yeah, I wonder. He doesn't have Laird. This guy has has seemed to miss everything. And he's the thing is, he started with Rocky and Barlow. He traded Barlow and Rocky out for Parker and Papley. Great move. Yeah. I guess Barlow's okay to keep, but then he traded McKenzie out for Hall the next week. Brilliant. And then Papley and Oliver out for Zaharakis and Burn Jones. I know Papley was a bit early at two twenty four K, but still go it. And then he's gone Dean Weedering out for Josh Smith and Cade Simpson. So he's obviously on the Houston bandwagon. <laughs> Loves it. Come um, on, mate. So, you got to got to get on Chizo's side. Jeez. Well, maybe he will this week and go with Selwood. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'll say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Selwood. I've got to go with Selwood, Selwood as well. I'm, I'm like... I'm picking Selwood. I'm developing a bit of a man crush, okay? It's oh, like, only because I picked him from round one, mate. We're best friends. Actually, that's true. Yeah, so... Nobody knows this, but Houston has actually got um, the same barber as Adam Trelaw. Yeah. Spoke to him the other day. Won't go into it. Media yeah. leaked. <laughs> yeah, so I would definitely go Mills out for probably Keys over McPherson. McPherson is probably not quite as um, polished a player as the, the higher draft picked in Keys. And I know you probably want to bring in Zorko as another gun forward, but you you know your forwards are pretty pretty well set. You've got Hall, Franklin, and Martin, and Wills will come back um, next week. If it was anyone other than Essendon, he would have played again this week. You've got Carriage there, Ben Ken, Petrarca, Menadju. Um, I wouldn't be selling the farm to try and get in Zorko at this stage because um, you know Houston knows my technique is to try and you know buy low, sell high kind of thing. So I never I never really suggest paying peak price for anyone if you can you can get away with it. Yeah, you're right. Um, and I, I really do think that he needs um, an extra guy to go with Hall, Martin and Franklin. I know you've got Wells there, but um, that that's four. I think that one, you either go a primo in the mid or a primo in the forward. Um, but I, I just like Salwood, so I'm always going to lean towards that. Yeah, I, I, Selwood's probably for pick, the pick for me. Like, there's, there's not much you can go wrong between Selwood and and um, Ward, but I think flip of the coin, it's Selwood for me. Yeah, true. Uh, depends on you got to look at buy structures as well. Depends on what works best for your buyer. Actually, do they have the same buy? They probably do now that I've said that. Got well, the one with Supercoach Gold. You look this stuff up. Oh, yeah, I do have Supercoach Gold. Mate, why do I have to remind you every single bloody podcast? The listeners out there are getting really frustrated with you, mate. Yeah, they do have the same round 15 buy. Oh, there you go. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Pick between them. Yep, I'd go down. Or, or you could pick a fallen premium like a Pritis. 
Yeah, true. Save yourself $100,000. It's correct, but sell wood. <laughs> Buy low, sell high. Oh, man. I've, like, having starting with him and Danger, it just seems so wrong at the start, but now it just seems so right. Yeah. Oh, so right. Cool. Let's wrap this up then. What do you reckon, mate? Yeah, all good from my end. Just a reminder to everyone to definitely check out and dig real, real deep for that um, charity donation we meant we mentioned at the start of the podcast. It seems so long ago now. Yeah, um, it's been another long one from Houston and Chizo. Yeah, it, it happens. Yeah, it, it's just we've put in a bit more content in the last couple couple weeks, and that's why it's dragging on. Also, because we talk a lot of crap. Um, There's nothing yeah. wrong with more content, more time. Yeah. So, signing off tonight's podcast. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. It always helps us uh, keep bringing that quality content and keep spurring us on to keep making quality intros. Please check out our donations page for the uh, cancer research because, you know, football is something we love and some of us don't get to... Uh, even make it to the end of the season to to play out finals um, because they're affected by cancer. So um, always check in with us. And uh, if by some accident you find yourself listening to the wrong station or tuning into the wrong station, just make sure you tune into uh, both our podcasts. We've got a early week and a pre-lockout podcast for you to catch up with um, because, you know, get some quality Supercoach news, some quality laughs, and Houston, I'm losing my voice. I'm, I'm going to call it quits, mate. <laughs> I'm helping you out. You guys have a very good evening. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Catch you, guys.